This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from November 6, 2022. We did our Veterans Day celebration, and this was my sermon entitled, Moving Forward. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. So my scripture this morning is from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles, in the Hebrew Bible section of the Bible, in uh, page 831. And it's got a lot of weird names. In the second year of King Darius, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shittil, governor of Judah. And to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit abides among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. May God bless the reading of God's Holy Scripture. It's a very dangerous passage of Scripture to preach. Because that word prosperity at the end of that passage, really in Hebrew, is the word shalom. That word shalom means the passing of peace. The prosperity that we receive by the grace of God. But in our world, prosperity has a different definition, does it not? Prosperity has this definition of of wealth. It has this definition of making us a prosperous group of people. And in the Hebrew Bible, prosperity or shalom meant to be in the full graces of God. God cared about Judah and the people Haggai addressed. And in this place, restoration was assured. The people could be certain. He even says, don't worry. Do not fear. It will be taken care of. But God's intention went beyond the repair of a destroyed temple. You see, this passage of scripture was written shortly after, well, after a time of the temple being destroyed. You need to understand that the temple was everything 
to the people that Haggai is speaking to. This is the place that God stepped foot on earth and it was gone. All of the wealth and all of the riches that they had were gone. Does it sound familiar to the time of Jesus? Everything that was built by human hands disappeared. And God tells Haggai to tell the people there's going to be a time that's different than today. We cannot focus in on the destroyed temple. God wants to dis- de- desires to bestow blessings and would not settle for anything less on the people of the present. It's a weird passage. God tells Haggai to tell the people, stop worrying about the past. Focus in on today. The building is just a building. The blessings that I will give to you are much more than anything that you could have created with your own human hands. It's funny that in one of the commentaries I read, it says, obviously Haggai's principal foes were... Of, um, it says older folk, but you know I don't like to talk like that, so I'm going to say seasoned people. Perhaps they, the commentary says they were well-meaning at one level, who kept comparing the memory of a glorious past with their experience of a mediocre to poor present. You know, we hear our saying, self-saying, the good old days as they seemed so much better. And in some cases, they probably were. But Haggai is saying, those times were immaterial for today. It doesn't fix the problems that are right in front of your face. If we are to go and move forward, we have to see where God is asking us to go. You see, the task of each generation is to take courage in God's goodness and to work on behalf of the task that is being presented to us. Discouragement and depression are contagious. Do you not feel it, church? Do you not feel it? It needs to be resisted. Haggai was certain that whatever the restored temple was to be, it would be better than the heap of stones than standing in Jerusalem's center. Now, this is the part that I want us to gather and and to really grab hold of. You see, God wanted dedication to the task, not the nostalgia of the past. It's hard. It's really hard. What do we build on from what we know? Well, we build it on the stuff that we've learned. In the current climate that we find ourselves in, a lot of phrases like the good old days are in our minds. All the time. We especially hear it when we talk about what it looked like pre-pandemic in churches. When sanctuaries were filled like they are today where people were more concerned about serving others. 
Do you realize that in their culture, in our culture today, it is harder for us to get a list of volunteers, not necessarily us here. So please, whatever I'm saying, I'm talking in a generalized statement. I'm not saying, First Christian of Church Perry, you are horrible at getting volunteers. No, I'm talking about as a culture. When you start asking for assistance for things that we absolutely know that people need, it is less now than it was before the pandemic. And it was hard then. When you look at things like the food pantry, and that's just because it's right in my face all the time, you had no problems asking for people to volunteer to help out with stuff because we felt called to it. Now we find ourselves bitter, hard-hearted, and we find ourselves trying to figure out what are we supposed to be doing as we try to find volunteers, and the lists keep diminishing and diminishing. You see people not participating in helping others as much as we did before. And you see, that is the task that God has put upon our hearts. You are the vessels of God's love through Jesus Christ. Our love transcends everything that goes on in the human world. Do you hear me, church? <clears throat> it transcends everything that's going on in the human world. That's why it's right and just for on, to honor those that have given us the ability to have the freedom to express God's love wherever we are. I know that uh, there's a great story. And I know everybody has their own opinions about uh, the systems, but it just so happens that this person worked for a specific, uh, we'll just say administration, and worked as the Secretary of Labor. His name was Robert Reich. He was Secretary of Labor during the Clinton administration. Everybody take a deep breath. But I think one of the things that he wrote in his book, I got to make sure I read it out loud, called The Future of Success, really meant a lot to me. In the sense of being dedicated to the task that is presented to you. He says this. So it didn't matter what political party he was a part of, by the way. He said this. I have a job that consumed me. My problem was that I loved my job and couldn't get enough of it. <clears throat> Being a member of the president's cabinet was better than any other job I'd ever had. And in the morning, I couldn't wait to get to the office. At night, I left it reluctantly. Even when I was at home, part of my mind remained at work. Does this sound familiar? Then one evening, I phoned home to tell his boys I wouldn't make it back in time to say goodnight again. I'd already missed five bedtimes in a row. Sam, the younger of the two, said, Dad, that's okay. But asked me to wake him up whenever I got home. I explained that I'd be back so late that he would have gone to sleep before, and it was probably better if I just saw him the next morning. But he insisted, 
And I asked him why. He said he just wanted to know I was there at home. He continues to write to this day. I can't explain precisely what happened to me at that moment. Yet I suddenly knew I had to leave my job. I can relate to this. I can relate to the understanding of being consumed by doing a job and having so much fun thinking that you are important in this small, crazy world. So much so that you put aside the things that matter the most to you and to God. That you become blindsided. And you focus in on the things that you think are important, the things of the past. Well, in my day, this is the way you should do it as well. You remember how I've always said that the biggest curse word in a church's ministry is what you should have done is. I mean, that does not help the church move forward. What Haggai is presenting to them is, is that when you have this moment, when you feel God's presence and you're literally looking at a pile of rocks that used to be something important to you, you recognize that this has nothing to do with your relationship with God, which is much bigger than anything that we've created. It keeps happening to us in our own world. We have to ask ourselves what's important in our life. It's almost like it takes an outside voice, an interruption to get our attention, and it helps us look objectively to where our life is pointed. Sometimes it takes a prophet like Haggai to confront us and say, consider how the things are going with you today. Sometimes that prophet can come from your own family. Sometimes it can come from your church. Sometimes it can come from a coworker. It's important for us to recognize that in the midst of restoration, which is where we find ourselves today, as a culture, as a country, as a church, is we have to ask ourselves what's more important as we lead our lives in the footsteps of Jesus, our Savior. We have to honor those that gave us the freedom to be able to have this conversation. We have to honor those that give us the ability to speak freely about how God loves each and every one that draws breath. We have the opportunity to be a church that restores the world from the bottom of our entire being, not because we have to, but because we get to. It's not that we shouldn't focus in on the past, but we learn from it. And we do better than before. We try harder than before. We love 
bigger than before. How do we move forward in a, in a world that seems to need restoration? Be the voice of God. And as the prophet Haggai said, take courage. Take courage to Zerubbabel. Take courage to Yeshua or Joshua the high priest. All you people still left in the land, this is not simply emotional dribble here. God reminds them of why they can take courage, which is the same courage that you should take today. So with great honor and freedom, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.